So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships, and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. What's up, everybody? It's Sathya Sam here. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you're having a great day. I hope you're having an incredible start to 2022. We are uh, over a week into this now as you're listening to this, although uh, just, you know, cat out of the bag. We are recording this in the first week of January. Uh, We do batch record and, um, you know, it just feels good to be in the saddle. That's kind of how I feel. Um, I've gone into this great rhythm. I love doing these podcast episodes. I love um, you know, just creating content for you guys that's going to help you and uh, doing it daily is is really fun for me. Um, and uh, it's funny, uh, somebody in my family who's looking to start a podcast, they reached out and they just asked to, you know, pick my brain a little bit. And, and I get asked this a lot, like he asked this and he was not the first, but he's just like, you know, why are you doing this every single day? You know, like what, like... Sathya, there's so many different things you could be doing. You could be, you know, coaching more people and you could be getting on other people's podcasts. And, you know, most people, you know, they, they create a podcast episode like once a week. So what are you doing every day? And um, I just told him, man, like for starters, like when you struggle with porn, you need all the encouragement you can get as frequently as you can get it. And secondly, I just, I think it's fun. I like, I don't know what it feels like for you guys. I mean, I kind of have an idea because I've gotten quite a bit of feedback, but like, I just think like we're all just sitting down in the living room. We're just chatting, you know, we're just hanging out. And um, so I'm like, this is so cool. I get to talk to you guys like every single day. And, you know, we've had some people who are um, like interested in the program and or they just, they you know, they want to chat more and whatever. And I'm like, honestly, just subscribe to my podcast because that's like the best way we can stay in touch because I can talk to you every single day and you can hear from me. I know it's not the same as us, you know, interacting, um, but it's at least a start. And, you know, if you do want to interact more regularly, you can join our program. But, you know, it's it's just fun. So this is cool to be back in the saddle. Um, one of the things you guys will, will notice is that our episodes are probably going to be more in the 10 to 15 minute range. And uh, I'm doing that for two reasons. Number one is that I want to respect your time. And number two, sometimes when you introduce artificial boundaries or parameters, it forces you to think more effectively and generally more economically. So as an example, Craig Grishel, who uh, for me has just been like a real leadership mentor from a distance through his leadership resources, especially his podcast. He talks about how when uh, his organization grew and they had tons of money, they, um, they continued to put budgets that were pretty strict and some of his leaders would complain, like, come on, like, we're making the money now. We can spend more on this. But he kept the, the, the cap pretty tight because he wanted his, his staff to be forced to just continue to, to think creatively, to not really lose their edge. And sometimes when you can just throw money at a problem, uh, that happens, you know. And then you, complacency sinks in. People are less creative and it just becomes corporate, bureaucratic boringness. And, um, and so anyways, I'm forcing myself to be just a, a little more concise and a little bit more uh, to the point in these podcast episodes. And so I'm, I'm installing a little bit of an artificial parameter there and we'll see how that goes. Today's content, uh, today's episode is called Burning the Boats. Burn the Boats. And this is how to handle commitment issues. 
It's really interesting. You know, I, I think commitment issues are probably at an all-time high in our society. It's a little bit of cancel culture, instant gratification, social media profiling sort of, um, you know, just gears us to think a little bit about what else is out there. And male brain is already a little bit wired to kind of look at, you know, what else. Like uh, you guys who are married, I'm sure when you were getting ready to, you know, tie the knot, you probably thought like, it, it's eyes on my wife only. I'll never look at another woman the same again. Um, like she's so incredible, da 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 And then like, it's just amazing how like, you know, you get into marriage and you're like, oh my gosh, like I can still be attracted to other people and my eyes still wander. And you know, like it, it just, it, it's, it's this weird thing that's just in male brain is, you know, we, we look at what else is out there and it's something that we really do need to learn to manage and ultimately master. But uh, this whole concept and, and what I want to talk about today, you know, if you are struggling with commitment issues, whether it's in a relationship um, or, or elsewhere, maybe like in friendships, maybe it's at work, you have a hard time just committing to a job. Uh, I wanted to share with you a story and then just a couple, uh, a couple thoughts to, to maybe chew on a little bit. My wife and I went to an all-inclusive with her family before Christmas, second week of December. And uh, we, we went, there was the five of us and then uh, a family friend joined as well. So there was three of them. And we, we had a blast. You know, it's, it's great weather and all-inclusives are fun. Like there's tons of food to eat and there's entertainment in the evenings. And, um, you know, we're, we're getting to know each other more as a family. But, of course, I'm also getting to know this family friend. And so we got into this great conversation one day at dinner uh, about relationship advice. Because uh, my wife's parents have been married 37 years. And both of them, uh, this marriage is their second one. So they both got married pretty young and they divorced pretty young. And then they found each other still in their 20s and they've been together ever since. And the family friend, they have been married for, I believe, 41 years. So just, you know, there's a wealth of experience there, if nothing else. Uh, but these guys had tons of wisdom. And so we just got asking, you know, what's your top piece of advice? And, you know, each person took their turn. And so we got to uh, the gentleman, his name's Paul. We call him Uncle Paul. And, uh, and Uncle Paul, uh, in, a, in just very dry, he's kind of got this dry personality a little bit. He's just a straight shooter, tells it like it is, doesn't mince words, and uh, spends a lot more time. He's very comfortable with silence. We'll just put it that way. He spends a lot more time kind of listening and sitting in the silence than he does talking. And so uh, everybody else had shared, of course, because, you know, when you have a person, personality like that, he's not chomping at the bit, but he knows, you know, his time will come. And in plain English... He, he just said, because we're like, okay, Uncle Paul, what's your piece of advice? And he just goes, commitment, commitment, commitment. And he kind of leaned in his chair as he was saying it. And once he had said the word three times, he sat back in his chair. And that was it. And he was dead silent. We were, you know, there, there's just kind of this palpable awkwardness in the, in the room because we're like, okay, like tell us more and whatever. And he was like, no, it's commitment. And, and, you know, as it kind of sank in, like all of a sudden it clicked for me. And I'm like, oh, right, Co commitment. And, and here's what he was trying to say. He did eventually start talking a bit more and we had a discussion about it. There's, there's this thing uh, about, I mentioned cancel culture earlier. There's, there's this thing where people are really interested in testing things out seeing if they like it, and wanting an option out. You know, so people want, we want guarantees in our programs so that we have a way out if this doesn't work for us. We want, um, we want full 
affirmation in, you know, we want job security. Uh, that's probably a better way to say it, that, you know, we're going to get this job and there's not going to be much risk of losing it, which obviously, you know, as we've learned during COVID, that's probably a little bit of a misnomer. But, you know, we, we, we just tend to find these, we want to find these scenarios where we are, are covered and protected and all of our bases are looked after so that we don't risk any loss, any heartbreak, any of the pain or fear or insecurity that could come from a disruption. And, and there's a part of that that's really healthy. But I do believe that part of it has seeped into romantic relationships and actually be more accurate, marriage, where people are getting into marriage and telling themselves, well, if it doesn't work out or whatever, I can always get divorced. And that is such a misnomer. It's, it's terrible thinking. And it's, it's why Uncle Paul's statement of commitment was so salient. It, it was profound, you know, because, because when, when you make up your mind that, that you're in, you know, you're in for a program, you're in a, a relationship or whatever it is, when you make that commitment, you sign on the dotted line, you, you know, you give your money for the program, you... Um, decide to go back to church and you, you start volunteering or whatever it is, when you commit, um, c- commitment is not this haphazard, I'll give it a shot, we'll see how it goes, hope for the best. And don't get me wrong, it, there might be other areas where you're doing that and it's probably okay. Like there, I'm not actually against testing things out. But let me just, let me just talk specifically about marriage, long-term relationship. Gentlemen, you must learn to commit. Now, commitment does not mean you're agreeing to just survive or white-knuckle it. There are other marriages I've seen personally where I can tell the, the husband and the wife do not love each other, but they are staying together for the kids. They're staying together because morally they know it's right. That's not commitment either, okay? That's like, that is the most superficial form of commitment you could possibly express. True commitment is of the heart. It is a willingness to stay plugged in engaged and pursuing the other individual till kingdom come until until your life is over that's that's what commitment is and and the reason i titled this episode burn the boats is is because when you get married and or if you plan to get married one day you are burning the boats you are saying i am going to this place with this person um, the burn the boats, by the way, I should just get a little bit of context. That expression is, is used to, um, for people who go to the island, and as long as the boats are there, they can always leave. But burning the boats means that we're on this island, and we're going to figure out how to live here. And when you get married, you go to this island, and you are figuring out how you and this other person are going to coexist on this island. You have committed yourself. You have burned the boats. There's no going back. You're not going to find something better. You're not going to just back out of this when things get difficult. Obviously, there's exceptions like abuse in a relationship or infidelity. I get all that. But that aside, you are making a decision in your heart to commit, to be there, to burn the boats. Now, let me give you one last story here to wrap things up. Uh, I'm not a huge racquetball person myself. I don't really watch it. I've never played it. But I, I heard this story a while back and it really struck me. Um, there, there was a, a very well-known racquetball player who had quite a bit of success. And uh, unfortunately, as he was climbing the ranks and really starting to make a name for himself, he encountered an injury. And the injury was so severe that one of his arms had to be um, removed. It had to be amputated. And it wasn't 
you know, it wasn't his bad arm. Unfortunately, it was his good arm, the arm that he used to, to hold his racket. And so it was pretty clear that given what this guy had gone through, his racket ball career was over and, and he was done. And you know what? He, everyone was saying, well, he, he had a good, a good run. He was a champion. And I'm sure he would have done more. We can only wonder. But, you know, he, he had a good run and we're, we're proud of that and whatever. <laughs> Call it a career kind of thing. So uh, anyway, he had different plans. And his, his decision was, I am going to become a racquetball champion again. And, you know, I think when he was recovering, everyone's like, yeah, man, you go for it. You know, like cheering him on because it's the right thing to do, but not necessarily because they actually believe it, right? And so they're cheering him on, but then um, people could start to tell, oh, he's actually serious. Like he's starting to learn how to play racquetball with his bad hand and he's figuring it out and he's playing and... Um, and, and he's, you know, he's, he's developing some skill and he's starting to play against other people and he's just, you know, going along that progression and starting to develop. And to cut a long story short, this guy wound up becoming a racquetball champion again. And so with one hand, so he, he can't switch hands, you know, he can't switch to his good side or whatever. Um, he, with one hand, this guy becomes a racquetball champion and just confounds everybody in that space because nobody's ever pulled anything off like that and what people saw as a disadvantage actually turned out to be uh, leveraged and it was best explained when he was interviewed after he became champion and uh, crowned you know as the the world champ and it's this incredible story and everyone everyone wants to know like how did you do this and how did you pull this off and why are you able to compete with people who seemingly have twice the resources and his response was profound. I want you to listen very closely. His response was, it's easy. Options. And the reporter said, what do you mean? And he said, well, all of my opponents, when the ball comes to them, they have options. And because they have options, they actually have to spend energy making a decision. I only have one option. I don't have to waste my energy on that decision. I have one hand. That's my only option. And I choose to use it every single time because it's my only choice. And that is the profoundness that comes from committing. When you commit, you are saying, this is my only option. I, I am burning the boats. I'm burning the bridges. There, there are no other options on the table. I am finding a way to make it work with this one person. And when you do that, when, when that decision gets made up, Everything else falls into place. Your life starts to align. You start to get clarity. And things start to move forward in your life. And that's exactly what Uncle Paul was getting at with that piece of advice. And I wanted to share it with you guys as well. Because look, times get tough. Um, our relationships do get challenged. And sometimes we just need the reminder, choose commitment. Just like Uncle Paul said. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Have an amazing day. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Hey everybody, it's Sathya again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you left a rating or review on your podcast platform. Now, I want to take this final moment to invite you to something that I'm really excited about, our deep clean VIP community. Here's the deal. We saw that in this space of manhood, sexuality, and faith, there are a lot of unasked questions. They range from relationships to sex to male anatomy, calling, career, and everything in between. We create a deep clean VIP for men like you who want regular coaching from me, 
VIP access to our podcast guests where you get to interact with some of the world's leading experts in men's health, a monthly seminar, and a community of men from around the world pursuing success in life and integrity in sexuality. Deep Clean VIP provides answers to your deepest questions, hope for a full recovery, and the necessary tools to make that full recovery a reality. If you're ready to take things to the next level, I want you to stop what you're doing right now and sign up for Deep Clean VIP at www.sathiasam.com slash deepcleanvip. The link is in the show notes, but let me give it one more time. That's www.sathiasam.com slash deepcleanvip. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Sathya Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk. 